welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Well, hey, Empower Church, what an exciting time to be alive. Happy New Year. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas. And can you believe it? Here we are in January 2022. It is amazing. And I believe that this is going to be your best year you've had. And uh, before we get into the word today, I just want to take the opportunity to um, say to welcome you if you're visiting or if you're new or if you've just stumbled across us online, YouTube or Spotify or somewhere like that. Uh, My name's Matt. I'm a part of the team at Empower Church and we're just thrilled to have you here with us today. Head to our website, empowerchurch.co, empowerchurch.co and um, just go and check out. There's a whole lot of information about who we are, what we're up to, what we're doing and uh, how you can connect. There's a connect with us tab, fill that out. We'd love to be in touch with you and um, just see how we can help, how we can serve you. And um, that would be absolutely amazing. Also want to really thank you for your giving. Um, Really since the start of this journey that we've called him Empower Church. And um, it's just been wonderful. You've been so generous. You've been so faithful through hard times, through challenging times, through all the times really. And we just appreciate your faithfulness. We appreciate your generosity and we appreciate you partnering with God's mission to see the kingdom of God come. We're in exciting times as a church community, as we pioneer the East, as we pioneer the North, as we get these two communities set up healthy and established, these two apostolic hubs And as we get ready to pioneer more communities, that's really what's at our heart. We use that word communities instead of campuses or churches or anything like that because our heart is to pioneer spiritual communities that really revolve around Jesus. Um, If you want more information about those, you can reach out to us and uh, we'd love to share with you what's on our heart for the future as we don't just pioneer the north, the east, the west, and the south, but as God has put in our heart a vision to impact our city, impact nations, and impact the world. And uh, if that is something that you want more information about, reach out to us. We'd love to have a chat with you. So exciting. So, so very exciting. Let's pray and then we are going to get into it. I believe this year is going to be phenomenal. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for 2021. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. We honor you, Father. We really do thank you. It was a tough year for so many. It was hard emotionally. It was hard uh, for some of us in a work sense. It was hard relationally. Some of us lost family members this year. Some of us lost finances this year. Some of us lost uh, a whole lot of things this year. But Father, we thank you that you're in the midst of those things. And Lord, you're a comforter and you're a peace. And we just want to take this opportunity to give you glory 
for 2021. And even though we were going through it and even though it was painful at times and it was a struggle at times, I do want to take the opportunity, Jesus, to praise you and to honour you for the deep work that you were doing in us and through us as a community. You are so faithful. And today as we come before you, God, at the very start of 2022, we want to humbly offer our lives to you today. We want to humbly offer all that we are, our gifts. We want to offer our emotions. We want to offer our finances. We want to offer the resources. We want to offer all that we are. And why? Because, Father, it is just, just the acceptable and reasonable act of our worship to you because you are so wonderful. You're so great. You're so powerful. And so, Lord, here we are. We present our offering broken and all dysfunctional and all, disappointed and all. Father, we present ourselves and all that we are and all that we have and all that we aspire and dream to be for you. We humbly lay it down before you today and we ask, Holy Spirit, that through your resurrection power, you would come and use us for your glory. Let this year be the greatest year that we've ever experienced. Let this year be a year of miracles. Let this year be a year of bold action. Let this year be a year, Father, where, where countless miracles take place. Let this be a year of growth internally and externally. Let this year be a year that your kingdom comes and your will is done. Let this year be a year, Father, where we look at your face and we hold your hand. We want to get closer to you. And we want to be used by you. Father, in this moment around your word, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your power. I thank you, thank you that you've called me to bring this message to our church community at this moment for this time. And I thank you for your anointing to cut through, Father, the noise of people's lives and bring your truth into their hearts. I thank you in the name of Jesus for conviction. I thank you for courage. I thank you, Father, for the power of the Holy Spirit to come and rest upon people as you move in their hearts. And so we open our hearts because that's what we want. Speak to our hearts, change our lives, and let the manifest presence of God come and move in us, move in the place that we are right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get to work today. We're going to go to the book of Genesis. A good place to start the year is at the start of the Bible in the book of Genesis. And we're going to be reading from chapter number 17 in a moment, uh, verses 1 to 8. But I want to read a few things. I want to start the year. Um, uh, I want to start the year really talking about vision. Talking about vision. I don't want to start the year talking about um, about our vision. I don't want to. I want to. Don't want to start the year outlaying what we look to achieve this year, because really our one goal is that Jesus would be glorified. That is our vision. He is our vision. And that beautiful hymn that was written, "Be Thouest My Vision." Our vision is Him. We don't have a. Um, we have a whole lot of things that we believe the Lord is putting in our heart as a team and as a church family to see and to and to um, to to partner with God in this world to see His kingdom come. Absolutely, but we don't need this big vision of this and that and the other. 
Not that there's anything wrong with those things. There's times and seasons for those things. But really what we want to keep coming back to it in power is that God, Jesus himself, is our vision. And Jesus set a vision for us that we would bring the kingdom of God to all the world and that he has strategically placed us with unique gifts and with a unique calling. Ephesians chapter uh, 2, I believe it is, says that we, we are his masterpiece. And because we are his masterpiece, uniquely crafted by the very hand and the heart of God for the purposes of God, we have a unique mission. And it's our desire that you as the church, that we as the church collectively, we are the church in our worlds. And instead of us saying, hey, would you partner with our vision? We're really, really what we're wanting to inspire you to do is to partner with Jesus's vision for humanity and to realize that he has placed you strategically right now in this moment in your mission to make a difference. And if you have Uh, If you're an employee or you're an employer, that you're in a mission field. If you work for um, in in corporate or if you work in small business, if you work as a teacher or if you you work in medicine, if you're a stay-at-home parent or if you're currently unemployed or maybe you're... um, Maybe you you can't find employment or uh, circumstances have it that you don't have a job at this point in time. Whatever you are, I'm trying to, I'm stumbling on words here to say that whatever place you find yourself in right now, God has strategically placed you in a mission field for your life. I've got this saying that you would notice in a lot of prayers that I, when I pray either at the end or the start of services, but, or when I'm um, blessing you at the end of a message, I say that God wants to move for you. He wants to move in you and he wants to move through you. And I call it fit Christianity, fit for, in, to, through, sorry, for, in, through. He wants to move for you. No matter where you are and what you're, what you're facing right now, God is moving for you on your behalf. He is moving in you. In other words, God, no matter the hardest challenges or the greatest joys, the valleys or the mount or the or the, the, the valleys or the mountaintops, God is moving in you. He's developing the image of his son Jesus inside of you. And equally at the same time, because you and I always find ourselves on mission. God wants to move through you. And as we have, as we become fit Christians for in through, that's how God wants to move for us, in us and through us. So this vision that we're talking about isn't a vision around we want to do these five things as a church. It's this idea that we want you to partner with God and we want you to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you about how you can partner your life with his mission to make an impact for the glory of God. Let's read this text this morning, Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 to 8, as we talk about this subject this morning of vision. Verse number one, when Abram was 99 years old, not Abraham at this point in time, Abram, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God almighty, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, 
This is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you the father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. And I will make nations of you. And kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting father between me and, your, and you and your descendants after you for generations to come. To be your God and to be um, and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you and I will be their God. I will be their God. Vision. I want you to get a vision for your life. Listen to this. This is what um, A.W. Tozer said many, many years ago now. He said this. He said, we need a clear baptism. We need a baptism of clear seeing. We desperately need seers who can see through the mist. And don't you know in this time that there is a mist There is a fogginess. There is this inability to see. Christian leaders with prophetic vision, unless they come soon, it will be too late for this generation. And if they do come, no doubt, we will no doubt crucify a few of them in the name of our worldly orthodoxy. We desperately need, Toza said, we desperately need, we need leaders with prophetic vision. We desperately need men and women of God in this time that can see through the mist. And this was a prophetic word spoken decades ago. And now we find ourselves at the start of 2022. And this could not be more fitting for us. Why? Because there's a mist. And this mist, this noise, this sound, this fog has caused us as the church to be navel gazing, to be looking at this and to be looking at that. And instead of looking at the mission and the vision of God and the opportunity, we've been worried about all these things that are just present right here. But I want to tell you that this is a season of vision and this is a season where God is wanting you to look now to the future. God is now wanting you to look to the future. It was a number of weeks ago when I was in prayer um, at the start of December where I strongly, or the end of November rather, where I strongly felt in my heart as I was praying just a simple phrase, the future is amazing. I felt the Lord quickly say to me, Matt, please don't try to define in earthly terms what amazing means. It doesn't necessarily, it may, but it doesn't necessarily mean money and, and success as the world sees. But I felt the Lord was planting something in my spirit around this idea that we need to be a people of vision, that we need to be a people that are looking to what the Lord is doing and is about to do rather than being trapped in the midst of the 
here and the now. Christian leaders with prophetic vision. And I'm praying that as as Tozer prophesied, that you would get a baptism of clear vision. I'm praying that the wind of the Holy Ghost right now would come and blow away that fog. Some of you have been, I'm speaking strongly this morning. Today I'm speaking strongly apostolically right now to the church in Melbourne and to the church in the West. But you have been you have been deceived by the mist that is in front of you but I've declared that the wind of the spirit is blowing that mist out of your way so that you can have a baptism of clear vision of clear seeing that you would not see the Lord through the mist you would not see the Lord through what society finds itself in You would not see the Lord through the vision and through the filter, the glasses that are impeding and impinging your vision to seek Him in His glory and as He really is and what He is really doing. And some of us, we're we're seeing what the Lord is wanting to do through the filter of a global pandemic, through our financial circumstances, through the the troubles that we've had over the last few years through our emotional state. But I'm asking today for a baptism of clear vision. I'm asking that as I speak in these next few moments, that there would come a shift in the atmosphere of your life, that the fogginess would go, that God would clearly, that the image of Jesus, that Jesus would reveal himself by the Holy Spirit to you in a greater way. Habakkuk 2.2 says this, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain upon tablets that he may run that readeth it. Write the vision. Write the vision. In other words, the vision's got to be clear in order for action to be able to be taken. Write it down. Make it plain so that you can run. And that's the sort of vision that I'm believing for today. Let's just say this is going to be a, a, a two-part message for, for early Jan. And then we're really looking forward to gathering back together where we'll probably talk a little bit more about some of these things when we get back together. But I want to say just as some groundwork before we get uh, to the book of Genesis and um, excavate, mine, and dig for some truth in this story of Abraham, in this story in the book of Genesis chapter 17. I want to um, lay a few foundational thoughts around Genesis, uh, around the idea of vision. Vision. The first thing that I want you to write down in your notes today, or, if, uh, or, or to make note of, a mental note at least, is that we are all visionaries in some capacity. We're all visionaries in some capacity. We've reserved vision at times for entrepreneurs, for leaders, for prophets, for people in positions that we um, that we deem maybe uh, that require vision. But friend, I want to tell you today that we all are visionaries in some capacity, whether it's for our children, whether it's for our career, our relationships, our hobbies, or our business, or whether it's just vision for a walk to go for a walk down the street. We all have some form of operation of vision in our lives, in our world. 
whether this time of year, we call them New Year's resolutions, but really, really what we're saying is, is I want to create a different, I have a different vision around how I want to see this year play out. And so I set all these goals according to the vision that I have in my heart or my mind or whatever of what I want to achieve or who I want to become this year. And so I want to get that six pack. I want to get that beach body. I want to get, I want to learn this. I want to, I want to learn Spanish this year. or I want to start this business or I want to do that this year or whatever the case might be. And as a result, we have a vision and we are all visionaries in some capacity. We have vision and it may, may not be articulated like it is for a business or for a church leader or for someone in that type of situation, but it's as real as, it's, it's, it's as, real as that sort of vision. It may not be written on a piece of paper, but it's clearly written on the subconscious mind and upon our hearts. Dictionary.com defines vision as an experience in which a personage thing or event appears vividly or credibly to the mind, although not actually present, often under the influence of a divine or other agency. And with this definition in mind, we understand that vision is the ability to see something in the future whilst in the now. Vision, let me say that again, vision is the ability to see something in the future whilst in the now. Vision is the bridge between the now and the dreamed future. We all need that bridge. We all need that vision. Vision always stands in contrast to the world as it currently is. It's not a vision if it doesn't stand in contrast as a difference as black is to white or white is to black. So is vision to the current world that it lives in. And God is wanting to give us a vision. That's the powerful yet frightful thing. And I must say, annoying thing about having a vision is that you and I, when we have a vision and when we open up our heart to receive something from Holy Spirit, I'm not just talking about us saying we want to build the next Amazon or start the next um, or have the next Tesla or do the next this or that. I'm not talking on that level of vision, although I am. I'm talking on the level of vision where God starts speaking to you and prophetically there's this divine interaction and where we, we receive a vision from God. We see the world differently to others and differently to how it currently is. Every single vision that you've seen or read about, every business or social enterprise, every every thing that you've seen there, every decision or choice you've made has been because you've had a vision of a different future. Andy Stanley, a, a pastor in America, he says it like this vision is your preferred future. Vision is so empowering when you have it in your life. Martin Luther King, he, he was a man of vision. And he said and declared that he had a vision by saying this, I have a dream. What was he saying? He was saying what Andy Stanley was saying. He was saying, I have a preferred future that I'm going to choose. What was his dream? What well, I have a dream. And he saw 
a preferred future for his world where his children, where his, where his children would grow up in a society that would that would not see the color of the skin, their skin, but would see the content of that man's heart. He had a preferred vision, and as a result of that preferred vision or that that preferred future or vision, he pursued that and lived that out. Think about it. Any form of change that you want to bring in your church, in your company, in your life, in your mind, it all begins with a vision. All change begins with a vision. You want to be in better shape. You want to uh, start this. You want to stop that. It all starts with a vision, a picture, a dream of what could be, how it could operate, and therefore that empowers us to want to live out the vision. Visioneering is a clear, remember I'm laying some foundational thoughts about vision. Visioneering is a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by a conviction that it should be. The book of Proverbs says that without vision, without vision, people perish or become undisciplined. Without vision, people perish. So no matter what's happening in your world, no matter what's happening in my world, vision is important. Vision, your world and my world is a product of the vision. It's a product of the vision or the lack thereof. And the absence of vision is the most dangerous thing that can happen to you. I'm not saying you need to see five or 10 years off in the distance. I'm not saying that you need to have some real weird, whacked out strategic plan of what life looks like. But I am, I, am, I am saying that you need to have a vision in your life. If you don't have a vision or, or maybe, maybe your vision has been overtaken by or blocked by that mist that we were talking about at the start of our time together today, you need that baptism of clear vision. The potential destruction that this void of no vision creates is found in the fact that we end up living out or inheriting someone else's vision, the world's vision, society's vision in our lives. And I believe that God wants to bring us into big vision. And the reason why, please don't, like, I'm speaking counterculturally right now because I'm, I'm aware that we're coming out of a very exhausting year. But apostolically, I want to shift something in your spirit today. I don't want you to see this as a thing where you've got to get yourself up for the next game and for the next year and for this. I want this to be something that shifts. That's how the world does it. The world says, well, I'll go to the motivational speaker. I'll feel really good and I'll get this willpower then to pursue it. That's not the journey I'm inviting you on when we're talking about vision as, as a church. When I when or as, as a Christian or as believers, the journey that I'm inviting you on is to call out on the name of Jesus and invite the Holy Spirit into that visionless place and ask him to open your eyes. I'm not asking you to to humanistically conjure up the strength in your own way. I'm not asking you to do some weird thing like that or pretend everything's all right when it's not. I'm simply 
inviting you to walk a journey out and to enter into a moment because I believe that the Lord is inviting us in the middle of our mist, in the midst of our mist, the Lord is inviting us for new vision. There is an invitation that the Spirit is putting out to His church where He's saying, I want to bring clear vision. I want to speak to you about the next year, about the next five years, about the next 10 years. I want to speak to you about your children and your children's children. I want to speak to you about what you do in your business and your career and what you choose to do with your studies and where you choose to put your gifts. I want to speak to you. I want to give you a baptism of clear vision. I want to, even though you're in a land that is not your own, even though you're in a place where you're just walking day by day, I, even though you're 99 years old right now, Abram, I want to speak vision into your life. And so this message today and what I believe the Lord is speaking to us is not about encouraging us to try to get us up for another year, to give us the willpower and the stamina. It's about it's about letting you know prophetically that there is an invitation from the Spirit that if you would just open your mouth and open up your heart and say, Lord, I need you. I'm visionless. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm not sure I can make another year if it's going to be like 2021. Friend, you and me both. And that's why this message is hard for me to preach because my, the, the shepherd in me feels the weariness. It feels the tiredness. It feels the burden that you've been carrying. But, the, but I can hear the voice of the Spirit saying, declaring and inviting you into a new season of vision. Believe that God wants us to have big vision. Why does he want us to have big vision? He wants us to have big vision because he is a big God. He is a God that is, that is not containable. He is a God that is extraordinary. He is a God that said that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder that when we have faith that he is, he is what Hebrews doesn't define what he is. In other words, it's kind of like this blank check that God is a God of big vision and God wants to move in your life in a big way. He wants to move in you and through you. I just want to bring one thought now out of Genesis chapter one, and then we'll, we'll um, finish this off in our next session. But this is what this is, this is really cool. You know, the New Testament writers referred to Abraham as the father of faith. They gave him that title respectfully, and they still do to this day. And the reason they did so is obviously because Abraham's life was marked by faith. Abraham's life was not marked by perfection or just cruisy times. Abraham wasn't perfect. He made mistakes. He, was, he lied. He fell short of, the, of standards, but he also remained in faith. I want you now to put yourself in the shoes, or in this case, the dusty, old, worn-out sandals of Abram, as we find him in the story wandering wandering in a desert, wandering in a harsh climate, surrounded by fierce, unrelenting nations. 
And Abraham is a man just doing the things that most men of his day did. Just taking up the family business, just living out whatever his father was doing, he found himself doing. In in Abraham's case, Abram was a man that had multiple entrepreneurial activities happening. He was doing a whole lot of different stuff. And I believe that inside of Abram was the desire, a knowing deep inside of him that he was destined to do something great with his life. He wasn't born just to exist, but rather like Genesis 1 tells us, he was born to have dominion. He was born to have influence. And we're all connected. And the Bible tells us that we're all sons of Abraham. And that the vision that God gave Abraham, God also, as an inheritance, releases to us. It's in this harsh, dry, desert climate that God drops a tsunami of a vision into Abram's world. To a man that has no children, apparently up until this point in time, has not been able to conceive with his wife. God declares something to him that is mind-blowing, something that is impossible, something that is beyond his human reach. Not just one son's, but a nation. Have you ever felt like that with God's vision? Because if you haven't, maybe you haven't had a true God vision that God puts in your heart to pursue. God doesn't just put something small and achievable in your heart. He puts, when you can't conceive a child, he declares nations. I remember at times, even with my family and those that I considered close friends, when I began to share what God was putting in my heart, I felt so foolish. I felt like Abram in so many ways. And when I began to share these things, I felt like this is crazy. This just doesn't even make sense. I felt dumb in a way saying it. As if you're like, it's it's like it's kind of like the story of like um of like for for example for me in my my circumstances where I haven't uh, say planted a church, but instead of God saying Matt I want you to pioneer a church, God speaks to me about pioneering a thousand churches, and you can understand how ludicrous that would sound for me to sit down with someone and say hey I really believe that. I haven't planted one church. I haven't pioneered anything. But hey, I really believe that God's spoken to me to pioneer a thousand. Most people in their right mind would would be just be thinking that guy's absolutely tapped out. What has he been on in the last week? Maybe he needs some sleep. The nice religious people would be going, well, that's good, you know, why don't you just start with one and why don't you just... And we always try to humanistically reason away the vision of God. And the the truth is, is we there, there is often a long gap between our now and the vision that God places in our life. And I'm so encouraged by the scripture and I pray that you are too. I pray that you are encouraged by the scripture because it encapsulates the spirit of this message today that God is a big God. 
that God is uncontainable, unfathomable. (laughs) I should have written that one down phonetically so I could say it correctly. He is big, he is huge, and he releases vision that is mind-blowing to us. And this is just simply what I want to show you today, just this one thought. The Bible says simply in verse number one, it says, when Abraham, see, see those words, that, just that word, that first word, when. When Abram was 99 years old. And I bring this message to a close today. We've said a lot of things about vision, but I simply want to encourage you today. The preacher in me wants to stand up right now, wants to clap, wants to shout, wants to get you going crazy right now because the Bible says when Abram was 99 years old. I love how the text, how the author here frames this passage, frames this passage of encounter and vision with God because you and I often feel, even though we're not even close to it, we often feel like Abram when Abram was 99 years old. And often it feels like that. I got to the end of the lockdowns last year and I felt like that when Abram was 99 years old, when Matt was tired and exhausted and couldn't find the human energy for vision for the next year and years to come. When Matt was so tired and when Matt was exhausted from carrying this and doing that, and I'm just painting my picture today, not for you to look at me, but I hope just by illustration because I know you've carried much heavier things than I have in the last 24, 12 months. And so what? when Abram was 99 years old, when Abram was 99, the preacher in me wants to stand up and declare to you today that Abram is 99 years old and God is not finished with him. In fact, God is only beginning to move and release the reality of his promise in in Abram's life. When, that word when speaks to me of God's perfect timing. And let me boldly declare to you today that this is that moment. Come on, would you encounter him in this moment? This is that moment where God wants to boldly, where I declare boldly that he wants to encounter you. When is the time? Now is that moment. When Abram was 99 years old, when it was dried up, when it was impossible, when the circumstances and the adversities were all, his adversities were all against him. Whatever your story is, when the cancer was in his body, when the depression was overwhelming, when the marriage looked like it was at its end, when the child looked as far away as they could be from God, whatever the story is, when the church didn't have a building, whatever the story is, when this is God's perfect moment for him to move in your life. Abraham, Abram is 99 years old and God chooses this moment to move in his life. And I simply want to ask you the question today, maybe this is your moment. God wants you to know that it's not too late. You're never too old and with God, nothing is impossible. 
Your age, your ability, and your experience should never be the determining factor of how big your vis- the vision of your future is. And I boldly declare over you that God is not finished with you, but your future is amazing. Your future is amazing. Abram, your body may be dead and may not be able to produce what the vision requires for it to produce. Your vehicle of reproduction may, from a natural perspective, be out of date. Your business may have gone backwards. That circumstance in your life may be dying, but God thrives in the areas that we think are too hard. God thrives in the areas that we think are too far gone or too late or too impossible. That is God's playground. 99, broken, unsure of how the impossible will become a reality and God appears to him. And as I said earlier today, earlier in this message, this is an invitation to an encounter with God. I can't produce the sort of vision in you through excitement and through motivational preaching that's going to sustain you. You need to personally have an encounter with Jesus. I can't do that for you. You need to personally open up your heart and take responsibility for for the vision in your life, for your future and for your family, for your children and for your children's children. You now in this moment need to take responsibility and say, God, I... I'm listening to your invitation. I'm responding to it and I'm opening up my heart because I want to encounter you. When Abraham, when Abram was 99 years old. Friend, today, would you hear the voice of the Lord speaking to you? God wants to put new vision. It's an invitation not to having new vision of the A, B, C, and D, a vision that you're going to fulfill this year. It's an invitation to see him in a new way. And as you behold him, you get this wonderful opportunity to see your world in the way that he wants you to see. So come on, open up your heart and let him speak to you today. Open up your heart and let the vision of God move in your life. Let him speak to your heart. Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity. I pray you'd speak to us. You know, maybe you're watching this wherever you are and you're away from God. And we're at the start of this year and maybe you had a hard year last year and you're away from God and you've you've walked away from the love of Jesus. You've walked away from passionately pursuing him. Or maybe you're someone that watches something like this or sits in a church most weeks, but your heart is cold and you're backslidden in your heart and you're away from God. The Lord is calling you back to him. And I want to ask you to open up your heart. I want, to, I want to ask you to call on the name of Jesus. I want to invite you today to repent of your sins and ask for forgiveness of allowing your heart to get cold. Ask for forgiveness for your sins and know that a gracious God who loves you and has a plan for your life is there to accept and love and forgive you. 
I want to invite you today, if you're away from God, or if you've been living lukewarm Christianity, the church is filled with these people that just fill pews week in, week out. And what our lockdowns here in Melbourne have exposed more than ever is what you really believe about God, whether it's just been a tradition that you participate in or whether it's a real living relationship that you walk with Him daily. And friend, God is calling you back. And the greatest vision that you can have for your life is one where you're just looking at the face of Jesus. The Holy Spirit's primary job is to reveal to you who he is. And so today, would you open up your heart? And would you pray and would you invite Jesus to forgive you and change you from this moment on? Father, I'm thinking of those people that need to pray and need to call out upon your name. And I'm asking that they do that in this moment. I'm asking that they call upon the name of Jesus. There's no magical prayer I could pray that could help them. But Father, when they call out on your name and say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, wash me clean. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for defeating sin in the grave. Father, your resurrection power can transform them. And so as they call on your name, I'm asking that addictions break. I'm asking that sicknesses are healed. I'm asking that that depression is lifted. I'm asking more than anything, Father, that they would have a revelation of who you are, Jesus. Lord, in this year, 2022, I declare that this is a year of vision. This is a year where we're going to look at your face and we're going to continue to hold your hand. And we just invite you, Father, we, we, rep- we respond to the invitation by saying a yes in our hearts. Thank you for speaking to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for watching. Next week, part two, as we dig a few more thoughts out of Genesis chapter 17 on this subject of vision. This week, see it as an invitation to respond to the Holy Spirit and let him speak to you. God bless you. Connect with us. In-person gatherings are happening really soon. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Happy New Year.